What's up, what's up, fam? This is Jenny Jam from Fret Sisters, where we feature female musicians and strings. Got a video? Tag us on at Fret Sisters on IG or at Fret Sisters One on Facebook using hashtag Fret Sisters. Peace and love. It's good, everybody, and welcome to Fret Sisters Presents Between Frets, a space where female musicians meet and discuss all things music. I am Sean, Shawnee Sean Marshall, and we have an iconic show today. What I mean iconic is because we have a legend with us today. Her name is Cheryl Cooley. She is an accomplished guitarist and in one of the most popular all-ladies band, Climax. And she's been gigging and touring and for over 35 years. And um, oh my goodness, hello, how are you today? Oh, oh, hey, I am so glad to be here on the show. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> well, I did got some help from my partners and any questions that they want like to ask you. So it's like, this is going to be a very interesting show because I actually had them to help me with some of these questions. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, how did you learn guitar? Like, were you self-taught or you took lessons? Well, uh, I uh, I took lessons. Uh, the way that happened was my uh, my sister was married to a jazz musician by the name of Hubert Laws, uh, mm-hmm. and he was a you know a, a, a flautist, but he also had a guitar. Now, let me step back a bit and say that for some odd reason. My parents always gave me a toy guitar every other Christmas. So I have one of these toy guitars and I pulled out my guitar and he pulled out his guitar. And I, my guitar was accidentally tuned to a TV theme song. And my sister just jumped up and said, hey, why don't we get Cheryl some guitar lessons? And so then it was on and cracking. So I had some, you know, private guitar lessons. Uh, I, I took them all through um, elementary school, junior high school, high school. Uh, and just, you know, played in different bands and stuff like that. You know, just the, the usual route of becoming a musician. <laughs> <laughs> so did, did your brother-in-law influence you to play guitar or you got um, somebody else that kind of like inspired you to play? Uh, well, like I said, my parents always gave me a toy guitar for uh, Christmas for, you know, I don't know, maybe they had psychic abilities and thought Cheryl's going to be a guitarist one day. But uh, I, there was always some toy guitar around me. And then when I saw, you know, some of the, the rock bands back in the day, you know, the, on TV, then, you know, I would, of course, would imitate playing guitar also. So it was kind of a fascination for me since I had a toy guitar and they were on TV playing guitar. You know, it just kind of was a pretend thing that, uh, you know, I kind of visualized myself doing. So let, let me just say one thing that, you know, you, really your your thoughts or what you image yourself to do, be, and have really does make a difference because who knows that those energies, those mental energies or those vibrational energies wasn't also a momentum for me to actually start learning how to play guitar. So all of that kind of ties together, really. Uh, so no, there was nobody in my immediate family that was a musician or played an instrument. I mean, that was the only exposure that I had to a, a real musician playing real music. <laughs> Well, today's society, we had like social media and but back then the experience as a female musician is way different 
um, from back then, like what was your experience as a female musician? Oh my gosh. Uh, first of all, it was not normal. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of times people would tease me about carrying this big old guitar. I had a big acoustic guitar, you know, I was a little kid. So I had this big acoustic guitar I was carrying all over the place. So of course they made fun of me about that. And you know, they just thought it was a fad that I was gonna go through. Uh, so they weren't quite sure, but you know, to take me seriously or not. But uh, you know, they saw that I kept carrying it every year, every year, every year. Uh, so you know, at a at a moment there it was like well, maybe she's serious about this. <laughs> so yeah, I did get teased, but um, I, I I'm gonna say I had the gift of of being naive and not really knowing that maybe they were trying to discourage me because I was determined. You know, I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew that I was going to be a musician, uh, you know, up on stage one day. Wow. Oh my God, I'm like, try not to be speechless. <laughs> but, well, well, why, when you was touring, like, did you have like any memorable moments that, that like made you like a big outbreak of your career? Oh, well, okay, let me uh, answer that kind of in a different way because, okay, like I said, I knew that I knew that I knew I wanted to be a musician. I was always looking for wherever the opportunity was going to happen. I mean, I was even, you know, on the bus going to school and I would be looking for somebody to get on the bus and say, here, Cheryl, here's your recording contract. <laughs> you know, so I, just, I felt that it was going to happen. Well, um, you know, I, I, I don't know, I had a daydream nightmare, daymare, whatever you want to call it. And I actually saw myself on stage performing with a band and uh, saw the lights going. I was on stage singing, I'm on stage playing my guitar. I was getting ready to step up to the microphone and, you know, sing my first note. And, but before I did that, I looked over to my right at the band and they, something about them just looked really, you know, odd, just, you know, not bad, uh, just kind of like, oh, that's interesting. And then I turned back around and started singing my first note. Well, fast forward some, I don't know, 15 years, I guess. And, uh, you know, the band Climax was performing at the, uh, you know, uh, Olympic Auditorium in Los Angeles. Uh, the music was playing, the lights were going. All of a sudden, it was like, oh, wow, here's the dream. The dream is coming true. And so I thought to myself, well, let me look over to the right to see what it was that was so unusual about the band when I'm getting ready to step up to this microphone. And when I turned and looked, it was an all-female band, which, of course, at the time I had the dream was not a conception in my mind, but to actually see it realized, once I stepped into the microphone, I realized my dream had come true. So the, the elements of being a musician, of being a, I don't know, famous musician, an active musician, uh, you know, a determined, a, 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 you know, charting musician was kind of always in my mind, my spirit, my vibration. I just knew that I knew that I knew that I knew that it was going to happen. So when, it, when a contract was presented to me, I was expecting it. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know if that sounds egotistical and it's not meant to be but it was such a strong dream or such a strong vision for me that I was expecting it so when it happened I didn't you know like ah, I knew it was coming I was like oh, I'm so glad it finally happened so interesting enough how the contract even happened was that you know playing in different bands and clubs I was also working at a bank I was working at a bank and I was playing with this all-female band climax 
And so I was telling my supervisor about, hey, there's this all-girl band I'm playing in. And, you know, we have a, uh, you know, we have this promo picture. And so she said, well, if you give me a demo tape, I'll give it to my uncle. He's a producer for People Bryson, who was quite popular at the time. So we gave him a demo tape and he listened to it and he didn't like it. <laughs> but, 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 now let's remember, when one door closes, another door opens. So he was yes. having uh, lunch with a lady by the name of Margaret Nash, who was one of the vice presidents at Solar Records. And so he said, you know, I got this demo tape of these girls. I can't do nothing with them. Maybe you could do something. So she listened to it and she lost her mind. She, she thought it was the greatest thing. And so we were actually signed to Solar Records within, you know, two to four months. So I always tell people, don't let people discourage you. Keep pushing, keep going, keep whatever. If you believe in your talent, it will eventually happen for you. I know that didn't answer any of your questions, huh? <laughs> no, that, that's very encouraging. <laughs> that's what I kind of needed that. Okay, <laughs> I needed that. But his, his, I remember I've been like stuck with music when I was like three or four years old when Tina Marie was like inspired me to sing. And I remember watching y'all on Soul Train. Right, right. And and y'all get to perform in Soul Train. A lot of people say like, um, if you perform in Soul Train or anything that deal with Soul Train, you made it. Like how? That's what a lot of people say. Like, that's what like, I was like, I was dreaming that I was like, one day I will play at Soul Train. And you actually got that experience to perform that. And like, how was your experience with that? Um, well, like you, I had aspired to play on Soul Train too. Cause I mean, I, I watched it growing up too. And it was like, oh, I wish that one day I could play on Soul Train, you know, getting up every Saturday morning and watching it and everything. Um, so it, it, it was a, you know, it was a wish in a sense, you know, I didn't, I didn't have any thoughts of it would or would not happen. It was just kind of a wish kind of thing. So to actually uh, be told that you're getting ready to play on Soul Train was like, wow, I guess you better be careful what you wish for. <laughs> <laughs> so it just so happens that the studio that they record Soul Train at is like, you know, maybe maybe 10 miles from me, maybe not even that much, probably four miles from my house. So, you know, the limo drives up in front of my house and picks me up and drives me to the studio and we walk on, you know, we do the whole makeup and hair thing and we walk on the set and, you know, what you see on TV and what's in reality behind the scenes can be two different things. So it was like, wow, we're in a warehouse. not sexy at all. So, but as we walk forward to the stage itself, then we can get into the vibration of the energy of how, wow, we're really on soundtrack. <laughs> and, you know, the way they filmed it is that, you know, you film the songs, you know, whatever your songs are, you film the songs, usually it's two songs, you film the two songs, and then they get you out of there. It's not like you're sitting there for the whole hour show, you know, you get to see the dancers and all of that. You're just there to do your two songs, be interviewed, go home. <laughs> <laughs> But it was a great experience. It really was. You know, Don Cornelius came and he talked to us and asked us about, you know, how we got started and everything. So it was like a ah oh, moment, like, oh, you know, this is like, wow. <laughs> Man, that that's that's kind of like was a dream. And I wish yeah. Soul Train would be back on. <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, there was so many uh, 
groups and bands and artists and singers uh, that I know I wouldn't have ever been able to see had they not been on Soul Train. So it definitely uh, was, uh, you know, a platform that needed to happen and should still happen because there's a, I mean, mean, we have the internet and all of that and you can see how, you know, some of the artists performance, but to actually see, you know, other people enjoying the artists and dancing to the music and all of that, it really makes a big effect on how your, you know, your audience and your viewing or your, uh, even your, your music purchasers, you know, how they go about, you know, collecting your music or supporting you as an artist. I mean, they want to see you, they want to hear you talk, they want to, you know, just kind of get a feeling that, you know, somehow or another you're their next door neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> well, some, a lot of us are gearheads and we always like to ask our artists like can you share um the listeners your like your main rig or any endorsements that you have and stuff like that yeah yeah you know it's funny because I, I don't have any endorsements you know for, for whatever reason it just hasn't happened for me but i i have played a through a roland jc 120 for as i think since high school <laughs> or whenever they first came out you know, I always play through a JC something, whether the JC 50, 60, 100, 120, whatever. It was always a JC something, a jazz chorus by Roland. I always played through one. Um, now, the, my my effects, my pedal effects, uh, again, I'm, I'm a Roland head. <laughs> uh, you always use Boss pedals, you know, that's just been my thing. I've, you know, whatever they have out, uh, I use Boss pedals. Uh, right now, I'm using... Uh, Oh gosh, what is it, a DT8, I think it is. Uh, and I've had it for, you know, I don't know, when they first came out, what, 10 years ago? <laughs> and I'm, wow. and I'm, I don't know, you know, maybe, might, might be less than that, but I'm going to play it until all of a sudden it says, I'm, I'm retired, I can't go, no, I can't go on. <laughs> um, and then as far as uh, guitars, now, I, I have the same guitar that I had in high school that I bought for $600 brand new, which is a uh, Gibson Les Paul Custom. Yes, I still have it. I still have it. Now, I don't take it out much because, you know, now, of course, it's quite valuable. And the last time I took it out, some guys eyed it like they were going to take it. So I figured, well, I guess I'll leave it (laughs) (laughs) So on stage, I play a uh, a Telecaster, a Fender Telecaster. um, And I'm sorry, yeah. Yeah, Fender Telecaster Squire. Now, that guitar I got out of the pawn shop for $150. And I've had it since the 80s. And, you know, it's got the grungy, whatever, you know, the, the, the funk feel that I really like. Because I also have a, another, uh, like, Tele-type body uh, that's a uh, uh, American, oh gosh, I forgot the name of it, American, wow. Uh, anyway, it's just like a Telecaster body. I want to say it's American Standard. That guitar cost me $2,000, but I don't wow. like playing it like I like playing the $150 guitar. <laughs> <laughs> now, when I do studio work, yeah, I'll take the more expensive guitar because it has a better intonation. But when I play live, I just go ahead and do the $150 guitar and just throw on some effects and, you know, have a good time with it. Um, now on the pedal board, I don't use that many sounds. I mean, I use a chorus and a distortion, 
and a wah-wah and that's pretty much it i don't i mean there's like i don't know some two thousand different sounds on it and i'm never going to use them but i kind of found the one that really gives me what i like is a fat sound you know i mean i know that with the the funk style it's got to cut through but i like having a round sound to really make the rhythm feel the groove feel the song and not just be a thin sounding uh type uh song a uh, play playing uh, now the strings. I mean, I try to get whatever's on sale. <laughs> yeah, of course, yes. I, I feel the same way. <laughs> of course, I do the Ernie Ball. I I don't know. I think it's the lime green ones that start with a ten. I usually play a a, a a ten gauge because I since I do break them easily, I try to use a really fat uh, gauge. Now also they tell me that. Um, you know what is it the, the 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 bigger the string the bigger the sound uh physics and all of that so you know i i go with a 10 sometimes i do an 11 uh you know or sometimes a, you know I, I it's very seldom do i do a nine it's either a 10 or 11. uh so that's pretty much my gear i mean i don't have a lot of other stuff i, I try to do as minimal as possible because i don't want my my crew being upset with me because i have five amps and 20 guitars <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, uh, I try to have as little bit as possible. I mean, I have two guitars on stage in case I break a string, then I go to the other guitar. But pretty much I keep the, the one guitar up there uh, playing through the uh, entire set. And, you know, the sets are anywhere from between 15 minutes and, uh, uh, you know, 90 minutes, depending on whatever the promoter wants at the time. Do you have any advice uh, to give to, like, an aspiring female musician that wants to break in into the, the music industry? Uh, the first thing I always say is, uh, you know, know what you want, you know, first of all, because a lot of people are like, you know, okay, I want this today, next week I want this today. You, you really got to be consistent about what it is that you want to accomplish. Plan is, stick to what that, that goal, you know, want to play uh, clubs every weekend, play clubs every weekend. I mean, if that's where you're happiest at, do that. You know, if your thing is, you know, being a, a, a session musician and doing recordings, you know, then do that. But kind of have your feet settled into what it is that you want to do. Now, if you're one of the versatile type musicians and you can go from, you know, studio to live to, I don't know, whatever, programming to all the other stuff that's out there, then that's great. But, you know, you always want to be a master at something. You don't want to just be a, you know, a jack of all trades and not really have a a solid, uh, uh, a, a solid talent that you know that you know that you know that you can do. Now, I applaud the people that have all kinds of talents and all kinds of instruments and they can play every instrument on the on the stage for me that's not me I, i'm strictly guitar now if i get on a keyboard i'm only going to play what i learned in college you know and if i have to play the bass i'm gonna play the bass like i play guitar probably all you know lopsided and not you know correct form and all that so you know i applaud people that can play multiple instruments that's that's just not me uh, but, you know, if, if you have a goal, if you know that you want to be a professional musician, learn all you can about it. Learn, you know, get on the Internet. The Internet is your friend. You know, read stuff, look at videos. Uh, you never stop learning, even now for me. I mean, that I've been in the business for so long. There's never a time where I can say, I know it all. I don't have to learn anymore. There's always something new to learn. Learn, 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 learn. Talk to other musicians. Talk to musicians that that are where you want to go, and ask them what they did, how they did it, what they, you know, what their 
what their shoulds and shouldn't. You know, definitely find out what their shouldn'ts are because you don't want to make the same mistakes that they did. Sometimes it's, you know, unavoidable, but at least you know what the warning signs are. Um, but the biggest thing is to not give up, know what you want to attain, and, you know, don't let anybody discourage you. I mean, the thing that I am so saddened by with female musicians is that they allow people to discourage them from attaining their goal. I'm sorry to say, especially their men counterparts. They, whether it's their brother, their cousin, their husband, their, I don't know what they want to call it, they allow them to discourage them from being, oh, you don't know, you don't want to do that. Yeah, I do want to do that. I keep telling, don't be discouraged. You know, men are going to be int- intimidated by women that know how to play instruments. Let's be real here. Let me, let's, let's just, just, just be real here. When they see a woman get up on stage and, and she knows how to play her instruments, men are going to be intimidated by that and they're going to try to do whatever they can to discourage you. Not all men, but a lot of them. And there are even certain, some old school artists that I'm on the stage with that are male bands that are intimidated by Climax and I'm not going to say what their names are. But even now at this level, they are like, Climax is going to be on show? Oh, wait, wait a minute. No, yeah, they're intimidated by women that know what they're doing on stage. Don't let anybody discourage you from attaining your goals in music. Okay, I'm off my platform now. <laughs> yeah, that is so, I'm like encouraged right now. <laughs> it's highly motivating. I'm very motivated. <laughs> um, can you tell all the listeners like where to find you on social media or website? Oh, sure. Uh, and you can always go to our website, Climax.com. That's spelled K-L-Y-M-A-X-X.com. Uh, there's actually a bio page there about me and where I got started and everything. Our, uh, we're on Facebook uh, slash Climax Music. We're on Twitter slash Climax. We're on Instagram slash Climax Music. But all of those uh, social media links are right there on the website. Our calendar is there. Uh, we're getting ready to start this summer touring season in Missouri City, Texas, and then on to Bakersfield, California. Uh, and so our calendar is right there. You know, you can always go to it to see where we're going to be playing. You can write me an email, Cheryl at Climax.com. I answer all of my uh, email from the fans and, you know, people that, you know, just want to connect. I'm, I'm, I'm always on Facebook if you want to connect with me. Uh, I, I answer my mail. I'm not going to just ignore people. If they want to send me an email and chit chat or whatever, I'm, I'm open to that. Well, that's great. So there you have it, ladies and gents. I would like to thank Cheryl Cooley for joining with us without me crying today. And <laughs> and also, if you want to uh, catch us up on our social media and, you know, behind the scenes, what we are up to, what we're planning on doing, you can follow us on IG, on Fret Sisters, and like us on Facebook on Fret Sisters 1. Until next time, I am Sean, Shawnee Sean Marshall. And thank you for listening. And you have a good day, night, whatever in the world you are. Bye. (laughs) What's good? This is LaCole Rose from Fret Sisters. Please don't forget to follow us on IG at Fret Sisters. You can also follow us on Facebook at Fret Sisters 1. And if you'd like to be featured in a podcast or simply have any questions, you can email us at Fret Sisters Music at gmail.com. As always, thank you for listening. Thank you.